Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in Scripture. Welcome back to the Light Bears podcast. We are grateful to have with us this morning Light Bears partners Bishwa and Ramila Kamachara. They are serving in church planting work in Central Asia. Welcome to the Light Bears podcast. We are grateful to have you. Thank, Thank you, you very so much. much. For our listeners this morning that may not know you, we'd love for you guys just to introduce yourself and your family to us. First of all, uh, I would like to express our gratitude, gratitude for this opportunity uh, to share about our ministry, our family, and everything uh, with the Light Bear family. So I'm Biswa Karmacharya. I'm 48 years. Even I look, uh, look only the 25, but I'm already 48 year, years old. And says my dear wife. I have one wife, she's Ramila Karmacharya, and she's 45 now. And we have two boys. And one is 21, uh, his name is Richard, and he's studying mechanical engineer in the US. Uh, and it's a, it's a union college that's in Tennessee. And the small one, and he's 17 years, and he's in grade 11, and he's with us. So this is, we are the happy family now. That's great. We're grateful to hear about your family. You guys are in Central Asia, specifically Nepal. So for our listeners that may not be familiar with that part of the world, why don't you share with us a little bit about Nepal? What's the spiritual climate there? What does the receptivity of the gospel look like? Uh, Nepal is, a, is Middle East Asia. So it's a very small country. Uh, so this is very small in comp- compared with the China and India. This is between two giant country. So Nepal is our population is only the 30 million people. And even having said that, so it's a very beautiful country. It's got, I mean, gifted country, you know. If you come to Nepal, all the natural beauty is over here. And the people are very, I mean, the good over here, let's say. <laughs> Not because of hospitality, but, but, you know. Uh, yeah, but other thing is, from the other parts, Nepal was only Hindu country. So last seven and eight years, Nepal was considered only Hindu country. That means they worship 33 million God and goddess. Everything they consider God, everything they consider goddess. And they worship 33 million God and goddess. Our population is 30 million, but we have 33 million God and goddess. So Nepal was only Hindu country in the world last eight years back. That means, uh, so uh, everything, you know, as I told you before, everything they worship, uh, worship as a God and goddess. And if you share about gospel to them, they don't have any problem to add one more God because they already have 33 million God and God, goddess, you know. If you share about gospel, they will hear. The problem is, if you say, there is only the God, Jesus, that's a problem for them. Uh, so Nepal is, land, is a, I mean, close till uh, 1955, you know, the our Christian history is only the 65 years almost. Before 65 years before, none of the Christian was in Nepal. The door was, I mean, totally closed. If government found, find anybody that's Christian, they kick out from the country. That, that was the situation. And after 1965, 55, the missionary like you guys started to coming as a humanitarian worker doctor, nurses, teachers, and same time, they showed their love to people and they shared the gospel. Now we have more than 1,500,000, I mean, Christian all over the Nepal. So as I told you before, you know, um, uh, so sharing the gospel is not a, uh, I mean, difficult, unless uh, a 
fighting one more God. Mm -hmm. But if you tell them there is only the God, that's a problem for them. So we had, uh, I mean, uh, prosecution history we have. Many churches, they burn. Many pastors and leaders, they kill, you know. But also, the prosecution will not stop the church growth, you know. Even the prosecution time, churches are growing so rapidly. So that's uh, Nepal now. I was listening to a podcast recently where a missiologist was talking about the biblical example of church planting in Paul's ministry. And it looked like planting and moving on versus planting and pastoring. The former in the Western context today is more so we see the exception than it is the norm. And this missiologist was arguing that we ought to flip that paradigm such that we plant and then raise up indigenous leaders as we see Paul doing throughout the New Testament. And it sounds like that's what you guys are after there in Nepal, is to see indigenous leaders raised up throughout. Uh, for us, um, if I say um, our major focus, our major focus in the ministry is church planting. Mm -hmm. Because uh, whatever activities we do, we do to help to plant the church. So there are four major platforms. We call it platforms, but those are the and development, community development avenues. We use those uh, and uh, through that we plan the church. So what we do is through education, health, agriculture, and vocational training. Um, we build the relationship with the communities and uh, we work with the local existing church. So after using all these um, uh, community development avenues or platforms, and this helped the local churches to build the friendship, the relationship with the people. There we share the gospel, then discipleship happens. Um, so ultimately our goal is to plant the church. So if I say our major focus, if it is a one-liner, then I would say church planting. But we do so by doing all the different other activities. We also run a Bible college because once we have started to plant the church, we see that a lot of the people, they... Uh, do not have Bible college or seminary degree. So we now run a Bible college, which is um, equivalent to bachelor's degree. And it is from Grace School of Theology USA, where Biswa did his master's. So we partner with them and we run a bachelor's undergrad program, mm -hmm. which is almost four-year program. So we have currently about 25 students. Uh, last year, we had about 40 students. So we do, we do run a Bible college as well. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, and we do run a trekking because trekking also helps to build the friendship and relationship. So we do all the activities, but whatever we do, our goal, our focus uh, is always uh, plant the church where there is no church and help the local existing church to plant the church. So if you say, um, who is the pastor in those church plants? It's not us. It's a local people because we believe in developing local leadership. As, as my wife said, you know, so we have four platforms. Uh, that platform helps us to develop relationship with the people, you know. Once we have a good relationship, then we share the gospel and we do the discipleship and we develop local indigenous leader and we plant the church in, and we hand over to them. What we believe is developing local indigenous leader because they know, know the language, they know the culture, they know the people and people can see the changes in their, their life and that will really impact in the other community people, you know? So yeah, as my wife said is, our main goal is planting one more healthy church. Well, how would you assess the health of the local church there? And maybe even in follow-up to that question, what are some ways that you're encouraged by the work there? In Nepal, yeah, the churches are growing very rapidly. 
but we're not happy to add one more church, but we prefer to add one more healthy church. To be a healthy church, there, there should be four few significant qualifications they should have. And having said that, they should have self-support, they should be self-control, they should be self-governing, governing, and the fourth is they should be self-propagating. And if you see four, I mean, character with them, we can see that, we can say that that church is the healthy church. And again, having said that, if the church is the healthy, they will grow spiritually. The first thing is that their spiritual level will go, they'll grow. The second thing is that in, in a num number also they'll grow. And the third thing is that they'll grow in a physical area. So people know how to give about giving, you know. And once they start giving properly, I mean, the physical also will grow. And the more significant, uh, uh, once they'll grow, and they'll, uh, I mean, impact the society, you know. That's uh, the result of the, I mean, healthy church, that. So in terms of the Nepal, so churches are growing, let's say. Churches are growing. Sometimes it grows very fast. And sometimes it grow very slowly, but it's not in our hand. Our goal is our uh, our duty is just follow whatever he call us to do. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, and his timing, the church will grow. Yeah. So, having said that, it's growing slowly. Yeah. And the stories of um, us being encouraged are there are so many stories. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can share a couple of them. And right. for me, is like. A, the interesting thing is there is a mother church. Mother church plants the daughter church. And that daughter church also plants granddaughter, granddaughter church, church. You know, So for <laughs> me, that's very encouraging. Yeah. And in each church, there is a local leadership. For me, I think local leadership, uh, huh. developing local leadership is also very important. Um, because um, we live in Kathmandu, which is capital. And compared to the rest of the Nepal, Kathmandu is a bit more developed. I mean, compared to U.S., it's not at all. <laughs> but in our context, you know, Nepal is mostly a mountainous country and we do have flatlands, but it's mostly um, very plain flatland and the very mountains, rocky mountains, you know. So we are in capital where it's not very flat. I mean, it is flat, but it's not very Apparently, mountainous, but it is uh, more developed. We have more better schools, better hospitals, better roads, everything. And we, we are born here, you know. So we are much more influential to the Kathmandu people, then if I have to go to a far west, which is so remote, there is even no transportation in some of the places, you know, so I as a Kathmandu, a city girl, a city woman, we can go there and influence a bit. But what if the local person from the far west itself is developed? He himself is sharing the gospel, is discipling, you know, so for me, it's like, us trying to train the local people and they local people getting the vision and they running the church, they uh, getting empowered in Christ, they coming to the Bible school. For me, that really excites because they are much more influential in their community than they coming to Kathmandu or I or us, we going to their place, you know? So for me, the encouraging thing is we are developing local leaders. When we say local, these are indigenous people, like some places we are working with the cave people, mm -hmm. still some of the people, um, they used to live in the cave, they didn't house, they didn't have a house. We also work in the mountain, snow mountain, where there is, um, you know, it's very hard to reach out. So for me, it's like people are being developed in their own locality. So that's a very encouraging story. Yeah, other uh, encouraging story uh, is our ministry is non-denominational mm -hmm. I mean, ministry, you know. We have different denominations, just like Baptist, Methodist, I mean, is a, uh, is a Moravian, 
it's kind of, I mean, charismatic, different kind of, I mean, denomination we have in Nepal. Even our church history is very short. And most, most of the time, one denomination people, they, feel, they don't feel comfortable to work with other denomination people, you know. They don't feel comfortable to train or to get tra- uh, trained from there. They don't feel comfortable. So being a non-denomination, I mean, ministry, so all the denomination people, they feel comfortable to work with us, uh, I mean, uh, come to our Bible college. That's a, a beauty part of, uh, mm-hmm. part of our ministry. But when we say non-denominational, we are still like, we are very close to Bible, what the scripture says. Yeah. We are very conservative. Evangelical, yeah, we are evangelical. Um, but uh, we do not belong to any denomination yes. as such. But still, uh, we are not um, far from the scripture. <laughs> Share with us a little bit about what the partnership with Light Bears has looked like over these years. And even what are some of the previous projects and even maybe some future project opportunities that we can take part in alongside you all? Yeah, we really appreciate, you know, last few years. So you send the people to help in our platform. As my wife said, we have a four platform, health, education, agriculture, and vocational training. Even the health, we do the different kind of activities as per what's the need of that society. Education, same thing. We do the different kind of things. Uh, and the agriculture and the vocational training. When you send the people, so that really help us uh, uh, in a platform, you know. So last few years you sent, so really mm-hmm. appreciate for that. Yeah, and um, to say the specific example, uh, people in Nepal do love white skin. <laughs> we have brown skin, but we love white skin. So you guys become the, I would say, a door opener. You know, yeah. you do need a key to the door in order to go inside. So when people from the West come, because God is universal, he's not the Western God. We are not introducing Western God, you know. God is a universal God, everyone needs it. But when it comes to building a relationship, everyone likes to talk with the foreigners or white skin, you know. So um, sometimes we have some students who stayed with us for two months, they were girls. I remember them going to one of the school here and. Uh, um, taught ESL and there were a group of another team who came who did some paintings in that school so that's a non-Christian school and we get access because of you guys when you come it sort of a builds the reason to go to that school or to use any platform as my husband said you know so when you all come I would say what we expect from you is to help us open the door like discipleship long term we can do it our people can do it and I think they should do it you know Short-term discipleship, you all can do it, not a problem at all. But there needs to be a long-term discipleship and local people will do it. But in order to open the door, in order to start the conversation, in order to build the friendship, the relationship, you know, I think you all become that key. So mm-hmm. that's a very important role you guys play. Yeah, in two, two projects, the library really helped to us. Uh-huh. And one area is sending, I mean, uh, I mean, the students, you know, the mission, the mission team. And they really impacted in the area where they serve, in the school, in the community, you know, uh, they really build the relationship with them. They allow us local church to sh- share the gospel to them. Now we are helping them, you know, and we already plant, planted some churches in area, those area. One thing we really appreciate for the mission team, and the other thing we really appreciate for, I mean, uh, Light Bear who help uh, for self sustainability. I mean, project, you know. Uh, you provide us the small seed money. seed money that we provided them. Somebody, they raised the cows, they raised chicken, somebody, you know, they did some, uh, I mean, small, they started some business and they really helped them. Yeah. And even the last couple of weeks before we heard that, and one of the guys, they really, really success. 
before we g- giving that seed money to, they were going through the very, really bad, bad, I mean, need, you know. Bankrupt. Bankrupt, they're going. But once they got that seed money, they did a farming, you know. Now he's well, mm-hmm. I mean. He's I mean, living well. Living well. Yeah. So two areas that really helps. I mean, helps, you know. And the same thing we Expecting expect in the future, in the future also. Yeah. also. If, if, if teams can come, we can go trekking more <laughs> or do some service projects, community service projects. And also the seed money for the sustainability project. It really helps people, the families or mm-hmm. church leaders. It really helps. Well, we look forward to continuing in that partnership in the days ahead. What are some ways as we close out our time on our podcast this morning that we can be praying for you? There are so yeah. many prayer requests. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, uh, COVID has hit Nepal very badly. People are dying here every day. Government report says 30, but I don't know if it is 30. It should be more than 30. Yeah. Every you know? Uh, 50 people that Every 50 people, but still government record, we don't know if it is really reliable. So I would say pray that this COVID situation will be controlled. Because of the COVID, um, government had uh, put a lockdown, the forced lockdown. So all the businesses were closed down. Mm-hmm. But few months back, they have opened it, but still the business has not been able yeah. to run properly. So churches have been closed down for one and a half year. We meet on Zoom. We cannot meet physically. School have been closed down. Some of the school has started to open up, but still it's closed. So imagine like shops were closed, transportations were closed, everything were closed for... Um, one and a half years. But sporadically, mm-hmm. it wasn't like for one and a half full year, but still it was like that. So pray that this COVID thing will come to an end so that our country can move forward. Second thing is um, political situation in Nepal, because we do have, I would say, resources. We do have um, a lot of um, good people in place, but we do have some corrupt people also. So pray for our political people that they will know the true living God so that they will not be corrupt. They will use the resources for the country, you know. So it's very unstable government. I mean, if you ask me who is the prime minister, I might say X. And after a few months, it might be another person, you know. So it's a very unstable government. So pray for our government. Third thing is, I would say, pray that the gospel will reach out to everyone more rapidly, to the city people, to the village people, everywhere. It's very hard for city people to come to the Lord because they think they have access to everything. But, you know, having God, um, having access is not equivalent to having God, you know. So everyone is a sinner. Everyone needs God in their life. So city people also need to realize that. And village people also need to realize that. So pray that the gospel will reach out to whole country, including the city that's another prayer request. Mm. So uh, as for our last week data, so we lost 42 our pastors and leader, pastor and 83 our leaders uh, through the COVID. Because of the COVID, they died, 42 pastors and 83 leaders. But the many, many, I mean, church members, they died. So you now this is very scary to see that, I mean, Facebook, you know. Mm-hmm. If you see the Facebook, one and two, and every day you will see the mm-hmm. uh, the people uh, we lost, you know, uh, whom we know. Mm-hmm. So they died because of the COVID. That's sort of, that sort of things. And as my wife said, that because of the, I mean, corruption, well, still it's very hard to get the, I mean, uh, vaccine. You know, in US we heard that people they don't want to get the vaccine, but Nepal even we want to get there is no available. If you know the people, uh, if you have a high rank, then you can get the, I mean, a shot mm-hmm. and a vaccine. Otherwise, you will not get. Another thing is that. If something, 
And if the COVID happened to you, it's very, very, very hard to get, a, I mean, uh, admitted in hospital, you know. And in the government hospital, it's very hard. If the private hospital is very, 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 very expensive. It costs two, uh, 20,000 US dollar. 20,000 US dollar equivalent in Nepal to treatment for the COVID. Yeah. So, which is beyond the Nepali income, you know. Yeah. And that's why many people, Nepali people, they're dying without medi- medi- medical and uh, hospital, I mean, care, you know. And I would like to re- request you, please pray for this situation also. Mm-hmm. We're grateful to have you guys on the Light Bears podcast this morning. And we'll continue to pray for you and partner alongside you in the days ahead. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Light Bears Institute podcast a production of Light Bears Ministries. For more information, visit lightbears.com.